0: So Jay, altercation. Back at it with another conversation. I really appreciate you sitting down and talking with me. I've I've been, my whole life, I've been a believer and follower of Christ. My, my parents took me to church and um, I've always had that faith inside of me. It was filled inside of me as a young age and as I grew up, <clears throat> I kind of stopped going to church and had my own beliefs and hung out with some hippies and hung out with some shamans and hung out with some Hindus and hung out with some, some uh, Muslims and you know people of all different creeds and colors. And I, I, when I started my personal journey of knowledge and peace, um, I've come across a lot of uh, conspiracy theories and, and things that I like to get lost into. And one of the most compelling to me is the Flat Earth thing. Because it's like we're taught when we're kids that Columbus had this orange and he saw the fly walking around on the orange and because when the fly didn't fall off, he he thought, well, what does that mean? I I don't know where I get the story from, but somewhere in my mind I was taught that when I was a kid. Mm. And Columbus sailed the ocean and proved the world wasn't flat. But what these flat earthers try to do is they try to say, oh, well, you read the Bible, right? If you read the accurate description of the Bible, there's water above and there's water below and there's, you know, a, a firmament and the way they describe it is they try to use my faith to get me to believe that the world is flat. Now I've had the privilege of traveling a little bit. I've been I've lived in North America my whole life. I'm I'm privileged to be, you know, a red-blooded cheeseburger eaten American, and I'm proud to say that. And I've lived... I've been in every single state except for Alaska and Hawaii, so I've I've gotten around. Now, I've lived in deserts and cities and... Not forests, but around forests and around mountains and around deserts, you know what I mean? Um, so I've seen a lot of this country. But when they say flat earth, I can't... I can't get down with it. I, I just all the science classes that I've taken, all of the globes that I did, all of the all of the science projects that I did with the little styrofoam planets revolving around the Earth, and now they don't even consider Pluto an Earth or a planet because it's so small and there's so many of them. Like, I just... I believe the Earth is round, but I still believe that there's a creator, you know? So it's conflicting to me, and the reason I'm so glad that you decided to talk to me is cause you're like a bona fide cartographer. Like you make maps for a living and have for years, what a decade at least, right?
1: Yeah. That me. picture was
0: taken in 06. How long have you
2: worked here in 06? Oh, I've been making maps in, an, in cartography for uh, about 23 years.
0: 23
2: and years. Yeah. I ended up growing up in cartography. We started a company a long time ago and, uh, uh, I've been able to do maps and working all different aspects of making maps, and uh, I understand the way that uh, the Earth works and and you know the, ro- the rotation of the Earth and you got to understand the thing about coordinate systems. You know, coordinate systems are designed in different areas because of the curvature of the Earth. Uh, if the Earth was flat, it would uh, it just wouldn't make any sense to me. I mean,
0: now when you say coordinate systems, you're talking right. about for all different things for for air travel for coordinates for coordinate like the system, way G- your like GPS works. The way yeah. your phone works, the way yeah. your
2: GPS works. All that is based on coordinate systems, right? Yeah. So, a coordinate system So, coordinates is, is like latitude, longitude. Right. Right. Uh, so, you have for the entire Earth, you have latitude and longitude. Yeah. And those are just very broad...
0: Yeah. Uh, They're lines
2: that basically run horizontally and right. vertically. Now, you can find and vertically and pinpoint any place on Earth yeah. to those coordinates. Now, those are accurate to a certain degree, but... It's like a cubic yard or something, right? Oh, much more than that. Uh, like a lot less than that. Wow. But <clears throat> if you were to break down those coordinates into smaller areas and run triangulation, which is basically taking all those measurements and triangulating them through a mathematical process, yeah. and you could understand how that fits into the entire geography of the Earth. Yeah. So coordinate systems are basically localized to individual areas. Now, there's also universal transformation or cater coordinate systems. And <clears throat> different countries have different coordinate systems. So basically all that's saying is that we're going to all try to go on, on a baseline of w- known points. These points on the ground. We can all we agree are, on we this. Are, we're all agreeing that these points are registered by this coordinate according to our GPS satellites. And we're all going to base everything off of that.
0: So not just the U.S., but scientists in this country, scientists in that country, science, the the best-known coordinators or triangulators... Um, are all agreeing? So it's not just something that's here in America. There's no, no, this is
2: worldwide. It's worldwide, and that's right? how it all works. That's how maps work throughout the world. Everything's got to be re- registered so, to a coordinate system so that you can have accuracy checks. So, so we have the equator,
0: right? <clears throat> right, and it's that's halfway around the Earth, right? It separates the Earth into two spheres: got it. the northern hemisphere and the and the southern hemisphere, right? Right. So. It, but the way I understand it, from the science that I've heard from Neil deGrasse Tyson and, and other scientists, and I'm no expert on this, so this is why I wanted to talk to you. But the Earth isn't exactly flat. It's I guess it's kind of like a pear-shaped or yes, is it's it, not
2: exactly it's, it's, it's not a,
0: a, a perfect sphere. I guess right, it's
2: not a, it's not a perfect sphere and it's not flat either. Yeah. <clears throat> the way the reason it's rotating is because of the core of the Earth. Yeah. So. Gravity is basically what's running everything. Yeah. So the earth on the outer edge is actually expanding because as the ball is spinning, it's spinning like a thousand miles an hour. Yeah. We just don't That's, feel I, it. I wanted to ask you that too because it's so
0: big. They say the earth is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. Right. But I've heard these kids talking to other kids about flat earth saying, oh, well, if this world was spinning a thousand miles an hour, don't you think we'd fall off?
2: Don't you think you would feel it? And it's like... It's um, all relative because we're all moving at the same speed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just like when when you're driving in a car right. and you throw something up in the air in the car, if there was no wind blowing it, like if you're in a car and you're you're playing catch, like you know what I mean, you can you can throw a marble up in the air and catch it, mm-hmm. even in a convertible. Now, if you throw it too high, the wind will catch it and I guess it'll drop a little bit, but you can almost you can almost juggle in a convertible car with no Windshield.
2: Because you're going the same speed. Th- those balls are traveling right, the same no, speed. Yeah. There is no interference in wind. Exactly. In the car. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> think of the ball like the Earth like as as a magnet. It's got a small sphere. and It's got a magnet in it, and we're all made of metal. That's what the core we're is. We're all just sticking the... to it because it's got a magnetic pull that's holding us here. Yeah. That's why we can't fly into space. Yeah. You know, and it's a good thing. Yeah. Or Else we'd we'll be stuck. You know, endless flying forever. In, you know, in outer space and stuff. Yeah. So and we don't want that strength to be too strong because then trying to move our legs would be really hard to even yeah. get around. Yeah. We'd be fighting a lot more. Yeah. So we're at actually really good balance on well, this Well, And that's that's another
0: point that that really drives my faith into the core of this earth and really stabilizes my faith is that, you know, if if our oxygen was one tenth of a percent less or one tenth of a percent more it wouldn't work like the way things are structured here on earth Mm -hmm. it's it's perfect for our types of beings like we're almost i think humans as as magnificent as we are and as as great of thinkers as we are i think this free will kind of kills us and allows us to um not realize that like we are connected to the earth like you said we're all magnets that are that are put here for a reason and there right. is there's the the whole reason I started this podcast was because I feel like everyone's so mad at each other and there's so many negative things going on but I feel great I've never been more excited to be alive like I I love that I can learn so much and I think a lot of it has to do with the the exponential amount of uh, information that's out there and that's yes. available to me now. Yeah, like, amazing. my mom used to tell me all the time. I used to ask her, "What does this word mean? What is what? What's right. what's retribution?" You know, she'd be like, "Look it up," and the the task of looking it up made me not want to do it. But now that I can just ask my phone, "Hey Siri, what does retribution mean?" She'll give exactly. me all of the definitions. She'll ask me if I want more than just the top three. You know, so it it makes things easy. And we're getting a little off topic, but. It, that I, I just I believe that everything was created and designed in such a perfect way, and there has to be, there has to be a creator. In my mind, it makes sense to me. But I also I believe in science as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they say science doesn't care what you believe, you know, right. or what you think. Um, and I get that. I understand that I've got, you know, a brain that works, but it's 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 only limited to a certain amount of information. I don't know anything about making maps like I you gave Mm -hmm. me a tour of this place today and I feel so much smarter just in the last 30 minutes when you were showing me you know flight lines of you know takes 45 75 100 different pictures in a straight line and then you guys put them together and match them up um what is the biggest project that you've worked on that that the curvature of the earth has actually come into play because i know there's mountains here and there's plains here right. so it's hard to tell but and i also heard and i guess speak any truth to this but i heard that the curvature of the earth is about 13 miles if you can find like the flattest point in the earth which would be i guess like the indy salt flats there's about 13 miles where you could actually have a palpable difference where you could stick like a 6 foot pole in the ground and a 6 foot pole in the ground and you wouldn't be able to see each other I somewhere i heard that okay, i don't know I where heard that one, but, okay uh, all right but So
2: what's the biggest project that you've had that the curvature of the Earth has come into effect? Well, it all depends. Uh, I can't think of any specific one, um, but well, actually I can. Uh, there's a project that we ended up working on where we ended up working in the uh, California desert. Okay. And it, was, it wasn't high-resolution imagery, so okay. it was kind of low-resolution, but uh-huh. it was much higher up. So... Um, That takes more into place in flat areas where you can see the curvature of the earth through the shadows. Yeah. You can see it through the shadows. That's one of the things that you look at when you look at aerial imagery, is you look at how you can adjust and actually tell so much information from looking at an image if you know what you're looking at. Yeah. Um, You can tell the height of certain objects if you have two images that overlap at a certain angle, you know, and two images that are flown exactly in the same position, well, offset in position yeah. but not shifted in the x y and z directions. Yeah. Um, so if you have two images like that you can overimpose superimpose them yeah. and then you can see uh, elevation in those images. Now accurately. when those
0: when those planes are taking those flight lines and taking those taking those pictures is it important I mean is it calculated how high up those planes are cuz they're doing they're doing multiple passes. So are they always trying
2: to stay on, stay on the same altitude? When right. they're passing over those? So <clears throat> when I design a flight plan, I've got to take so many things into consideration. The flight, the, the final thing is the pixel resolution. What what does the client want to see on the ground? Okay. Does he want to be able to see, you know, a, a, a manhole cover? Or does he want to be able to see, you know, an ashtray? Okay. Uh, depending on those two things, yeah, you're going to be able to either fly high or low. Okay. So you can cover the area yeah, with yeah. the right overlap. Have a bigger, smaller footprint. The higher the, the airplane goes above the ground. Yeah. The larger that footprint's going to be, yeah, the more distortion and the relief displacement that you're going to get on the edges of the imagery, ah, okay. which is the cause of the curvature of the Earth. Okay, you know, and uh, so the lower you go, the flatter it's going to get, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so to answer the question, that is, those are the cases where you end up seeing that, you know, when, in high imagery. So when you're you work, pretty high. When you worked in on that California
0: desert project, mm-hmm. was it relatively flat? Or was it mountainous? Was there a lot in of? In that
2: case, it was it was topography flat. going on. It was um it was pretty flat. It was just a mount, it was a desert. Okay. There's really not much going on, which actually makes it harder for, uh, for imagery for guys who work in imagery. Yeah. Because if there's not a lot of variation on the surface. Yeah. Then you're gonna get, um, uh, different pictures from the, the the camera as it's shooting it. Yeah. Um, they're gonna reflect different light. Yeah. So, if there's more information in the picture, like over. Uh, the forest area, we got a lot of trees and a lot of definition. Yeah. You know, the camera seems to stay on course. Yeah. And take better pictures in those cases. Yeah. But uh, those are just obstacles to the projects. Have yeah. you always been working with digital film? So no, I've also worked with uh, analog cameras, okay. okay. Where we actually... Because uh, when you started was what you said was... <clears throat> back in... Uh, we started this in the office back in 87.
0: Yeah, so 87. That, I mean, yeah.
2: digital wasn't too popular then. No, it wasn't around back then. Yeah. You know, I started working actually in the editing and the cartography part of it, working in uh, software like Microstation or AutoCAD. So, did you have to like develop pictures like in a dark room? No, back then we ended up having a small airplane and we had a small camera, which was uh, a di- uh, analog camera. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, we had small projects that so we did, and there's a lot more expense to to working on projects like that because, you know, you have to actually in order to go fly it. You still have to pay for the camera, which yeah. at that time was super expensive anyways. Yeah, uh, The plane's never been as expensive as a camera. That's one of the things that a lot of people don't understand.
0: Yeah, when you told me that earlier, when you, I said, you guys have planes? And you said, yeah, we got about 13, 14 planes. I'm like, okay, so that's, that's really expensive to even upkeep a plane. you know. But then you said, well, that's not even our biggest expense. Our cameras are worth more than the planes. Like cameras that are a million dollars, like a million dollar camera. Like, I'll probably, even if I make millions of dollars in my life, I'll probably never buy a million-dollar home. I damn sure won't buy a million-dollar camera.
2: But it's not for personal use. You know? I understand that. I understand that. Now, you said it's
0: like 16 different cameras inside this camera?
2: <clears throat> yeah, so there's a lot of these different brands that make these high-resolution high, uh, high resolution cameras for aerial photography. Yeah. And uh they all range between a million to two, to two million dollars, yeah, uh depending on the brand and what you, the kind of specs that you have. Aren't some th- even collect imagery uh, an oblique imagery, so they can take angles and take shots of the images, not only nadir to earth, straight down, yeah, but also to the side, so that they can you can take that imagery with one it. camera Well no, this is one it's, it's called a camera yeah, yeah, but inside of it there's probably a dozen or sixteen cameras inside okay cases. okay, there's a camera for. For the red light, there's a camera from the green and the blue, okay. and there's infrared sensors. So this is highly complex. Yeah, if it's a million sensors. dollar camera, they're probably going to think
0: about everything that they need to do right. while they're. You're out not there.
2: just capturing a picture. You're capturing a picture, and you're capturing data. Data as from well. Where that picture was taken. Okay. So that you need that information in order to be able to correct the image once the image is taken. Yeah. Because you got to think about it. if you're going on an airplane and you're flying, trying to capture imagery on the ground. Yeah. <clears throat> It's very hard for that pilot to keep that plane flying perfectly flat up against the earth, right? Yeah. So he takes a picture, but then a gust of wind comes along, and that plane shifts and it moves like this. Yeah. And then he takes the next picture. Yeah. So now, between those two pictures, it's going to be really hard putting them on top of one another. Yeah. And having that three-dimensional aspect to them. Yeah. So what these cameras do is they compensate for that tilt. So that they know, okay, well, the plane is tilting so-and-so. I'm gonna tilt the camera in a certain ah, way, so they, they auto correct so, whatever. Right. Okay. It's the uh, <clears throat> it's the mount. Those are the, all the camera mounts. Those oh. are very expensive. You know, the ones that basically correct. How much?
0: It. A, so the mount isn't part of the million dollars. Oh, I think or, I believe it is. Okay, so the yeah. mount. Okay, so the camera comes sorry, with the mount. That's a very okay. important
2: part of the whole okay. system.
0: Okay. So it's not that bad of a deal. So you get a million dollar camera plus a uh, hundred thousand yeah. dollar mount for free.
2: Right. <laughs> not well, for free.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure the cost is. It's all accounted for in, yeah. the, in the whole camera. Yeah. So who mounts these? Do you, is it people from your company, or do you do you specially hire someone when you buy these? Usually,
2: in most cases, the companies that make the cameras, they actually have them shipped over and they mount them on the onto the plane for you.
0: Okay. Because you yeah. said that you've got more planes than you've got cameras, so I'm
2: assuming you probably switch those yes. every now so and, and then. Yes. So they're interchangeable. Sometimes the planes need to go in the shop. Yeah. To fix what, what whatever reason deal, yeah. they have a camera somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to have a plane ready in order for,
0: for you to have a good day. So do you call the camera guys to move those, or do you have someone that, is it just...
2: Is it just No, our own teams. We, okay, you know, so so the it.
0: mount, probably you bolt the mount in some sort of standard way, and then the mount has its own magic to it as long as it's... Right, so
2: there's, usually the mount goes along with the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you mount it onto the next plane, and sometimes they're interchangeable cameras, so you can replace one camera onto the other one, because they're the same kind. Yeah,
1: yeah, And yeah. the same mounts. Okay,
2: you know? okay. Okay. Um, have you ever have you ever been up in the air like yeah, and they' actually taking the pictures okay, but I've actually been up in the air with, with the camera okay and uh, and seen gone through the whole process and everything, but uh I should like just working on the ground and yeah you know, doing this part of it yeah, I'm sure I'm sure okay, so the earth is round, right you, you can say that without without <clears throat> I mean there's so many things that I've seen you know as far as like pictures have satellites. You, have you listened to any of the Flat earth stuff? I've listened to a little bit but then I just can't get into it. Do you know uh, but don't. do you understand they sense.
0: they think that there's a disc, right? And they they understand, they believe that the globe is shaped the way it is and the continents are shaped the way it is, but they believe this disc has like an ice wall around it. And okay. they say if you go so far north or so far east, uh south, you know what I mean, you're going to hit Antarctica, right? right? Which we can all agree on. Um and you can't go to Antarctica. You know, they they've got uh, military bases down there, okay. secret military bases. Right. So they say, I don't know, You know. I, I've never been there, I never would want to go there. But they say that. If you follow the rabbit trail on YouTube with these crazy... Flat Earth people, they'll say that there's a ice wall around the whole thing, and that it's the government is controlling it. You know, and I've heard lots of different things before I even heard the flat Earth concept that, you know, they're they're hiding things in Africa or they're hiding things in Antarctica. That's why you can't go there. The lost city of Atlantis is buried in in uh, Antarctica, and and the government's digging it up, and that's where they're getting this technology that's ten years ahead of us. You know, all this crazy, you know, fun to fun to chew on with your brain type right. stuff, but Nothing that I ever heard growing up. Nothing, you know, it, a lot of it could be, could be horseshit. But I guess, like, was your, was your um, education, was it like, was it just, did you, did you teach yourself a lot of this stuff or did you go to school for it? I know you've got certifications and you've got a degree and all that good stuff, but like, w- did your, did your education speak more to your knowledge of the cartography or was it all the experience that you just learned along the way because i feel like you're one of those super smart guys i've seen Mm -hmm. you take apart things like i've seen you turn coffee makers into you know distilleries and you know you're just like a you know i mean you're professor guilty spark you're just always doing stuff to better your life and it was something you said earlier is you like to automate things if you can make it so that it would automatically fix itself or automatically do the task for itself why not it might be a little harder initially but you'll never have to do that again. Right. So I, I really like that. But I, I guess I'm just curious about your education.
2: Like, was it conventional? Did you go to, like, was it, like, no, an my, Ivy League school or? No, not at all. My, my education is more hands-on. Hands-on. Hands-on training and learning, yeah. having to do things on my own. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, could, you can go to school for this uh, for a long time and learn theories. Yeah. And then when you actually get out into the workforce, it's very different. You know, it's like. You have to kind of know what you're doing. Yeah. But then you have to be able to adapt into, especially in this field, because it advances so much. Yeah. You know, like, uh, photogrammetry is changing uh, all the time, and uh, new software that's coming out for it. Yeah. And what the software does is automates, you know, tedious tasks that we had to do before by hand. What's the
0: difference between a photogrammist
2: and a photographer? A photogrammetrist? Or a photogrammetrist. <laughs> right. A photogrammetrist is actually somebody who can... Look at imagery and you know, tell that the imagery is superimposed or rectified. It's called orthorectification. Okay. So orthorectified imagery is mosaics. Um, those are images that are on the ground. They're basically... Uh, mosaics are basically little tiny pieces that form a bigger piece. Right. So right. Okay. if you're thinking about all these flight lines that we're flying. Yeah. are taking a plane, and let's say we fly a small project. It's got yeah. three flight lines. Yeah. As we're taking it, we're taking, it, uh, taking a picture uh, every so many feet.
0: Yeah, I saw those. So it's it's pretty much, it looks like a, the belly of a snake. Like, uh, right. rectangle, 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 rectangle. And then it's just the land underneath it. So when you say mosaics, I think of tile. I've said mosaic right. so tiles like a before. mosaic is yeah. basically a whole bunch of pieces. Little tiny pieces. Put together into That one.
2: makes one piece. Exactly. That's what a mosaic tile is here. We're taking all these pictures yeah. and combining them into one image. Yeah. That you can zoom into and see. Eventually, you can if you take enough of those, you see the entire Earth. Yeah. Now, isn't that how they make the pictures of the globe that we see? Isn't that's that how Google Earth works? So Google Earth is a link to all these uh, images that are already rectified and it, put what, onto a Earth. It, wouldn't Google Earth just debunk them right there? Like, what do you mean? Like
0: yeah. the flat Earth people? Yeah. Like, can't you just can't you I mean, just spend enough time on Google Earth and be why like, I look, bro? I haven't
2: really looked into it. Cause the flat Earth because you just yeah sense. just know like, right yeah. I don't even need to ask myself that question. Yeah, I hear you. I've seen you. it many times, and uh, just, I've I mean, been in airplanes. I've fl- been to China. I yeah. mean, I've actually flown over the. Well, equator. I've flown,
0: and I I feel like I've seen <clears> a plane, you know. But they also say that. Um, and it, you can see in an airplane the
2: curvature of the earth. Well, they
0: they say I know they they I, and I I've seen it I've seen it right you know but they say that uh it's you know these images that we see of the earth is it's uh it's taken with a a fish lens or uh 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 you know a, a rounded f- uh lens right you know and that's what no, causes but say the curvature no you've been
2: in a plane flown somewhere yeah and, and you, seen if you with look my own out eyes. the window yeah. on a regular window you see it i mean it's like yeah. right there yeah there's if nothing you... between you and that no nah. no nah. you know so yeah. um and, and you know, if you really think about it like so why how would i how could i debunk that okay so let's say the earth is flat right So if the Earth is flat, then you have the sun hitting the Earth with all the sunlight. And at one point, the Earth will be, if it was rotating and flat, at one point, it would be absorbing so much sunlight that everything would be super hot. And eventually you turn and have no sunlight whatsoever. It would be like the dark side of the moon.
1: Yeah. And
2: the entire planet would be dark at the same time. Yeah. Once it's on its side. Yeah. And I've never seen that happen.
0: Well, I think with the flat Earth thing, I think they say that the earth is the center of the universe and the sun revolves around the earth. And I don't, I don't know. I don't believe it. I've never, like I said, I should have done a little more that's, homework to it. I just, bold. yeah, it's, it's, it's preposterous some of the things they say. And some of, the way these, some of the way these people dress is like they've got the makeup on with the, you know, the one stripe down their eye like they're with battle armor on. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of
2: int- it's, it's interesting to think about. It. And yeah. I mean, like, I don't even, who thought of that? I mean, who was like, Well, know, I don't believe this.
0: I guess as the technology progresses and as the influx of information uh, is made readily available, there's also going to be fake news. And there's also going to be bad information and misinformation. And there's going to be misunderstandings and people that believe and um, try to prove misunderstandings to be correct because that's just the way they take things. Like when I was a kid, Mm. I didn't always go with the grain. You know, if we had a substitute and they were like, okay... Everyone has to read. I would try to pass, you know, just because, I, not that I couldn't read, but just because I, w- I was a little bit of a rebel, you know, I
2: always try right. to push the envelope, and I feel like there's people, as they grow up, they don't lose those things. They, they... And I'm totally down for that. I mean, I think you got to question everything, don't just take it by, yeah. you know, investigate for yourself. Yeah. And right now, like you were saying, this is one of the best times in history, because you can just look it up on your computer. Yeah. You know, ask your phone, and if you don't like that answer, you can look it up in another way, and then get several different options and decide which one you think is more rational. Yeah. And because there's a lot of misinformation out there too. Yeah. You know, so you got to be careful with what you can get and what you can't get. Yeah. Um, But at the end of the day, asking questions is always great. I mean, I've always, that's what I've always done. Yeah. And so like back to what you were asking me about, how did I get into this? So as you see, I work with a lot of imagery and a lot of data. Yeah. So when I first started working, I started working with software that did editing. Were you always a computer person before you got into professional life? Like when (coughs) you were a kid, did you like want to program stuff? I ended up going from one to the, other. I started working in photogrammetry. Okay. And uh, in the surveying. Mm -hmm. And then started like noticing that ortho, ortho imagery. People were starting to take pictures of, you know, land and making those into maps. That was starting to become a new thing. And in order for us to be able to do it, we had to get like really high end, computer systems that were able to handle it. Back then, the first computer that we bought, I spent $60,000 on. It was a Sun Microsystem. And it had enough power to go ahead and take this imagery and process and convert it into an actual map. So, I ended up liking that part of it. I got, kind of got in charge of that. Yeah. And then I started liking computers a lot more and networks. Yeah. And got my Microsoft certification. Yeah. And I ended up setting up networks and being able to manage that. Well, yeah, you took me because in because the- it, it goes together with the mapping that I do. So, okay. So, you know, if you're into imagery and into mapping and into high-resolution stuff, then you're going to need to know a lot about computers. Yeah. Because they need to be able to handle that information. Yeah. So that's why I ended up evolving into both of those things. Yeah.
0: So it, it piqued your interest, and that's what just kept...
2: It was more of a necessity. Yeah. I, okay. I, either I had to rely on an on my own IT guy, or yeah. I could just learn it myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? y- yeah. Be your own IT guy. I liked how you said, I like, I, I like your work ethic. You said that... Um, you know, all those people in the picture aren't really here anymore. And, you know, this one found a better job. This one, you know, it wasn't that they lost the job because they weren't capable. But sometimes when there's not enough work, uh, you didn't accept the fact that, oh, well, I can't do my job, so I'm just going to go home. You're like, oh, well, I'll find something else to do. I'll learn how to do this so that I can do this while you're here, all right? Right. You know, you you, you found a way. Like, I really respect that about you. And, um uh that's that's one thing I know that I, that room that you took me in, that, that server room, right. like, it literally looks like something out of a James Bond movie, <laughs> where that's where you have to sneak into, and you have to put the little, you know, zip drive bar. into it, yeah, and you have to, like, fight off a couple of guards, and there's, you know, there's two air conditioners in there because you don't want it to get too hot, and there's, you know, a thousand different wires, so, and yeah. it, it's um it's nuts, and the fact that you put all of that together, it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously a finite project, you know, but to me, mm-hmm. from an outsider looking in, I feel like I would never be able to do that Now, I know that my brain is capable of it. I would just have to learn it right. you know I've, I've mastered certain things, so I know I could figure it out if I had to, but because I don't have that knowledge, it's just like I can't believe you did that I can't. it's It's it literally like mean... its own world in there, yeah. you know, and the fact that you understand and that you plugged all of those double Ethernet cables you've got. You know, hundreds of terabytes of data in there that you kind of understand, and that you've probably put, you know, hundreds of terabytes of data in there yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that just totally blows my mind. Um, So, so much respect. I mean, like, you, why would I even ask, can you build a computer? You built that whole. Oh, yeah. Build a computer is easy. Yeah. Kind of doing that here while I was. Like, my brother built a computer and he was like, Yeah, I built this computer. I'm like, Get that! You did! not Go to college! How can you build a computer? But I guess it's
2: just, I mean, you can find it. You gotta try it. Yeah. You gotta just do it. I mean, nowadays, you know, like, get on YouTube. I was gonna say YouTube tutorials. Yeah. Get on YouTube. Yeah. Somebody will show you how to do it. Yeah. It's on there.
0: I was on vacation um, for Christmas and my dad's dryer wasn't working, or the washer wasn't working. And I just went on YouTube and do, do 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 And dude, he called me three times when I was driving on the way home. Like, hey, thanks, man. That YouTube video really worked out great. Uh, yeah. and, like, changed his life. You know, that has been
2: exactly the same, Eric. Yeah, Cohen, like somebody else. And they show me here's what I need to. What?
0: Yeah. And it speaks to your thing. Like, why why pay an IT guy when I can be my own IT guy? It's right. like you know, a, an ounce of prevention is well, worth a pound see, of cure.
2: The problem with this is like. <clears throat> If you were to just have an IT guy here that didn't know about mapping and photogrammetry. Yeah. About what our resources and what we actually need, they wouldn't be that useful. Yeah. Because they wouldn't know how to fix software issues. Most of my stuff is not fixing hardware issues like, you know, putting in hard drives. Anybody can do that. Yeah. Most of my stuff is figuring out problems to uh, software hang-ups. You know, how to, how to try to figure out the coding and, like, yeah. You know, where is it breaking? You yeah. know, why isn't it going all... Why it isn't the, Why am I
0: not getting 1080p on this image or whatever it is? Right. Uh, yeah. Know, this
2: image isn't processing right. Let's try to figure out okay, how to make it work and continue working. Yeah. So most of my thing here is more like a, uh, I put out fires. So you know, so people have problems with their project and I go over there and I sit with them and I try to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And keep them working. Yeah. And like just, okay, I got it. We got it working now. Let's, yeah. Let's go and I move on to the next thing and something else that needs to be done. Yeah. And in the meantime, I'm trying to do my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Super valuable.
0: Uh, I mean, you're here burning the midnight oil. You know, like, yeah. it's, it's after hours for sure. Yeah. So, you know. You got to
2: do what you got to do. Yeah, man. Know? And uh, I always like to st- try to stay busy. And, you know, you got to make yourself uh, <coughs> valuable. Yeah. You know, so if you don't know how to do one thing, try to learn and keep always keep asking. Always keep asking to learn. And if somebody tells tells you, no, I don't want you to do that, yeah. learn it on your own time.
1: Yeah.
2: And And then once you learn it, you show them how valuable you are they're not going to say no yeah you know i've been in the position of hiring people since i was like 18 yeah and uh you know uh, to me one of the most important things is just your willingness to learn and retain information yeah uh besides that you know it doesn't matter if you're an ivy league person if you have a job for you you're not going to do it right then there's no yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't mean anything to me
0: yeah well, I mean, it my first job, uh my boss told me, you know, if I have to do your job, then what's the point of you being here. Right. You know, so that it just goes all the way back down and man, it's uh it's amazing what you guys do here. I've seen a lot of these shots and I'm just I'm blown away by some of these images that you're and that printer in the back that's like longer than me. <laughs> that's nuts, bro. Like I would um definitely like print out a life-size copy of me. You know what I mean? Like butt naked. <laughs> like <laughs> Full frontal, you know what I mean? Just flexing like the uh, Statue of David, um, and then give it to one of my girlfriends. But oh, that's that's damn. that's why that's why you work here and I don't. Um, dude, Professor Guilty Spark, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me. I feel like I have to go listen to this thing like three or four times and just to look up some of the words that you said. But um, I feel like you are invaluable. I think you've accomplished your goal of, of of expressing how valuable you are, not only to this company but to 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 the world. Now we're gonna put this information out, and someone might someone might learn something from this. I know, I yeah, sure that's did. Cool. So I really appreciate
2: it. Anything you want to say to the masses before we turn off? Uh, no, no. I think uh, everybody out there have a good time, man, and, and uh, always keep learning. Hell yeah, that's what it's all about, man. Learning and passing on the information. Keep asking questions.
0: Yeah, that's a good thing too. SOJ conversation is over.